Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful moms who are really celebrating here with us today. Man, we just appreciate that so much. Thank you for all that you do to raise, nurture, and to show us love. And you know, it's not just about those who have physically birthed a child, although that's important. That's really why we celebrate today. But I also think it's for those who have nurtured and loved others in this thing called motherhood. You know, every year at this time, I really think about the differences between moms and dads. So a few years back, we took a trip to the Carolinas with my sister and my brother-in-law and their family. And we stayed at this beautiful cabin up in the mountains. And this cabin in the downstairs area, they had this game room. It had a pool table and it even had this old school video game machine. It was a really cool place. Well, in this game room, they also had these really heavy-duty bar stools. I mean, really hardcore heavy. Even the tops of them, the seats themselves, were made with this really thick wood. Well, one day, we're all hanging out upstairs, us adults, and the kids were downstairs playing in the game room. Well, somehow, one of the bar stools had fallen over and landed directly on Aiden's toe. I mean, it totally smashed his toe. In fact, it was so bad that he ended up losing his toenail. It was horrible. Well, I'm a dad, right? So as a dad, I was just irritated about the situation. I wanted to know the who, the what, you know, the when, the where. In other words, how did this happen? In fact, I probably asked that several times. What is going on? How did this happen? But while I'm doing that, Kristen, being a mother, was busy nurturing, consoling, and ministering healing to Aiden. It's because we're completely different, aren't we? I even remember in my own experiences growing up, I remember my very first fist fight. Now, I came home, and you could definitely tell that I had been in a scuffle. I mean, red face, you know, dirty, matted hair, just crazy scuffle. Well, my mom's response was, honey, are you okay? Is everything okay? My dad's response, which, by the way, was very, very biblical, was, turn the other cheek, son, but you've only got four. It took a minute for that to sink in, right? Four cheeks, we all have four, right? In other words, they get a maximum of four swings, and then it's on. <laughs> now again, very biblical, mm, I don't know how Christ-like it is, but here's the thing, can you see the differences in how moms and dads handle situations? And so several years later, when my son Ethan was just a little guy, he's 16 now, can you believe it? He was just a little guy. I brought some of that father or that male philosophy into my own family dynamic. So we were at the mall, and Ethan was playing at one of his favorite places, the play place, you know, in the center of the mall, when all of a sudden my oldest son Jonathan says, ooh, I mean, just like that, he's like, oh, did you see that? Well, of course, when we look over, Ethan is standing next to this little kid, and this little kid is crying and holding his face. Well, apparently, Ethan hauled off and punched this kid. I mean, square in the face. And between you and me and the lamp in the corner of the room, I think Jonathan and I gave each other a couple of high fives or fist bumps like, dude, he's like, you should have saw it. Now, I'm not saying that's Christ-like, but we were into that male thing, right? So I marched right over. I snatch him up. I was pretty embarrassed. I put him in a stroller and I say, guess what, Ethan? You're done playing today, mister. We're leaving. So, of course, he starts crying because, I mean, he can't blame the play place anymore. 
And I look down at him in the stroller and I say, son, why would you do this? Why would you haul off and hit this kid? And you know what his reply was? He said, dad, you told me to. To which I reply, I told you to? Ethan goes on to explain that this kid was trying to push him, so he retaliated. You know what my wife said? This is your fault. Which, to be completely honest, she was right. I told him, if someone is messing with you, you mess with them back. If someone punches you, you know what? You punch them back. Now, don't start fights, son. I mean, we're not supposed to start fights. We're peacekeepers and peacemakers, right? But you definitely finish them. (laughs) See, so many times that is our response to a situation as dads. But I find it interesting that mothers usually, they are seeking restoration, not retribution. I'm not saying that my philosophy was Christ-like, and I've grown quite a bit since that time. I always look for ways to diffuse a situation, ways to make peace, not violence. But to be honest, dads, we just have a different approach, right? We're so different than one another. So today, let's celebrate the spirit of motherhood. It's a hope for restoration. It's a willingness to bring healing and wholeness to others. It's a genuine care when someone is in need. And guess what? We can learn a little bit from the ladies, guys. So I think it's important that we listen to our wives, to our significant others, to those around us of the female gender, because many times they hear that still small voice a little easier and quicker than we do. So with that, I want to look at a few scriptures in Proverbs 31 today, as we honor the moms, the wives, and the women of noble character, as Proverbs 31 says. And listen up, guys, because today is for you as well. Now, if we look in Proverbs chapter 31, and we start with verse 10, we have quite a few scriptures here to read, but I want us to get some context of what's being said. It starts like this. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her, so that he will have no lack of gain. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax, and works willingly with her hands, She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and gives food to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. Man, this woman is like amazing, right? It goes on in verse 17. She clothes herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle does not go out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yes. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers sashes to the merchants. Now, stop here for just a second. Are you catching a vibe here? I mean, this woman is like amazing. She is a superhero in today's standards. Now, I want us to just go with me here. Go with me. This is going to get better. Trust me, ladies. Verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the teaching of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. This is what her husband's praising her about. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Verse 31, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Wow. Can you say wow with me? Can you say it backwards? Wow. Can you say it upside down because it's Mother's Day? Mom. (laughs) But think about this. This lady sounds like the perfect woman, doesn't she? That's a lot of scripture verses. And I'm telling you, it's very descriptive in the text about what the perfect woman looks like. And I stress the word perfect, okay? Now think for a minute, ladies. How did you feel? When I was reading that portion of scripture, did you feel like you have a long way to go? Did you feel like maybe you didn't measure up? Did you even feel like, what's the use? Well, you're not alone. You know, a few years back, I read something from a blogger. Her name is Lauren Oquist. And she wrote this. It never fails. Every year on Monday after Mother's Day, I receive a flood of messages from women who spent yesterday morning grimacing through yet another Proverbs 31 sermon. Now, how many women have been there? Now, I really believe that the pastors usually meant well. They really wanted to honor women on Mother's Day. Most of us do as pastors, right? So I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. But what do they do? They turn to the biblical passage most associated with womanhood. But for women who grew up thinking of this superwoman in Proverbs 31 as just another impossible standard that you know, reveals their failings as a woman. Well, this passage, to be honest, can become a real downer, a real source of condemnation and shame. That's because we tend to make the Proverbs 31 woman and what she does a standard for all women. Now, now hear me out this morning, men and women. It's a way of reducing a woman's role to marriage, you know, motherhood, and being housemakers. When really, this passage is about character. It's a character that transcends both gender and circumstance. Now, looking back to what we just read, this woman in Proverbs 31 is skillful in a lot of different things. Okay, I take that back. She's skillful in everything. Can you say everything? I mean, according to the chapter, she wakes up super early. Uh, She has great biceps. She works out every day. She buys property. She wears a lot of purple for some reason. And her family is clothed in scarlet. Now, let me ask you this. How are you measuring up so far? What else does she do? She cares for her kids. She cares for the poor. She keeps her house warm at night. And apparently, she doesn't eat carbs. It's got to be in there somewhere. Okay, I'm being a little bit facetious. But I want to make a point. It sounds to me like this woman really has figured out how to do and how to have it all. Now especially as a woman, maybe you've read this passage and you thought to yourself, well, sheesh, is every woman supposed to try and fit this mold? And how would that be possible if every woman is different? Which, by the way, guys, they are. Just look around. Think about this. What if you can't sew? What if you can't cook? Or what if you put kids in daycare during the week because you work your own job? What if you never get married? Does that mean that you're not living up to your God-given potential as a female? 
Does that mean, dare we say, that you're living in sin? And what if you don't want to be a Proverbs 31 woman? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He actually said that. What if you don't want to be a Proverbs 31 woman? If you have any of these reservations or frustrations, here are some things that may help you out. Now, tune in, ladies, and tune in, men, because this is for all of us. And if you've ever felt that condemnation, that guilt, that shame, because you don't feel like you measure up, women, guess what? Today is for you. So here's five things you might not know about Proverbs 31. Number one, Proverbs 31 was written by a king transcribing his mother's words. Who was the king in Proverbs 31? The answer, King Lemuel. Now in Proverbs 31.1, it introduces this entire section by saying this, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So, as Lemuel was growing up, His mother gave him advice, right? Words of wisdom, which he later arranged and recorded for all of time so that we could read them today. Now, the whole process was supervised by the Holy Spirit, and the result was an inspired utterance, it says, or we could say Holy Scripture. Now, we don't know much about King Lemuel other than what is revealed in Proverbs 31. Based on the one passage attributed to Lemuel, we know that he was a king, he had a wise mother, and he wrote some poetry. Now, commentators have speculated that Lemuel is one of three persons. He's either King Solomon, in which case his mother would have been Bathsheba. How many know Bathsheba and King David? Whole other story, whole other message. It could be that Lemuel was a nickname, or we could say a pet name for Solomon. Others believed it could have been King Hezekiah, and yet some others believe that Lemuel and his mother are fictional characters created by King Solomon as a picture of an ideal king and queen mother. You know, we really don't know, but no matter the case, the counsel from King Lemuel's mother is good advice for anyone in leadership. I mean, she warns Lemuel not to fall into the trap of immorality. Uh, Scripture by scripture, she actually says, you know, don't chase after woman because it will sap a king's strength. Then she warns him against, you know, the dangers of alcohol because a drunken king is never a good king. She says a ruler who craves beer and wine will pervert justice and act lawlessly. So there's a lot of things that she's saying to him. Finally, his mother instructs her son about the necessity of true justice. And I mean, if we look at verse 8 and 9, she says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. She goes on to say, Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Sounds like great advice to me, right? But see, the bottom line here is that Proverbs 31 was a king canonizing the wise words of his mother. I want us to catch that. And number two, Proverbs 31 is a poem. Now, many of us maybe don't realize this, but Hebrew poetry is beautiful, and it's all through the Old Testament. Now, this poem is called The Woman of Noble Character. It's a 22-line poem that celebrates the virtue of, listen, wisdom. It's really the culmination of this book of wisdom that we call Proverbs. The author is essentially showing us what wisdom looks like in action, like this is what wisdom looks like when you live it out. Now, as a poem, Proverbs 31 should definitely not be interpreted as a job description for all women for all time. See, its purpose is to celebrate wisdom in action, not to instruct women everywhere to get married, have children, and start crocheting. (laughs) The bottom line is, 
It's a poem celebrating wisdom in action. Oh, and here's some good news. You don't have to know how to use a sewing machine to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Just saying. Number three, the target audience. Now, I want you to catch this, guys. The target audience of Proverbs 31 is men. Yeah, you heard me right. It's men. Can you imagine going to your next men's conference, guys, and the speaker says, all right, gentlemen, praise the Lord. It's so good to have you here. Let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31 so we can learn some stuff. <laughs> Most of us would be like, what, did he get that wrong? Did he mean 30? Did he mean another chapter? Isn't 31 just for the ladies? <laughs> but truth be told, this chapter is targeting men, not women. See, in Western culture, we often prescribe Proverbs 31 to women as a to-do list that they need to fulfill. But, and here's something really, really interesting. A little research shows us that in Jewish culture, men actually memorized this chapter as a song of praise to the woman in their lives, their wives, their daughters, their sisters, their mothers, and their friends. You know, as we look closer, we see that the only instructive language in the poem is directed at the poem's intended male audience. That's right here at the end. It says, praise her. Did you catch that? Praise her. Say that with me. Praise her. Say it again, guys. Praise her. For what? All her hands have done. Isn't that beautiful? And yet, many Christians interpret this passage as a command to women rather than a celebration of womanhood. With the example of the Proverbs 31 woman cast as the ideal lifestyle for all women of faith. Think about it. There's an abundance of books, conferences, products, websites, and media that has come from the subtle repositioning of the poem's intended audience from that of men to that of women. No longer presented as a song through which a man offers a woman praise, Proverbs 31 is presented as a task list through which a woman earns it. This, I believe, misses the entire point of the text. Bottom line, Proverbs 31's target audience is men. So run with it, guys. Praise the women in your life. Give them the honor that they deserve. Number four, Proverbs 31 celebrates valor. Now, this is huge. The very first line of the Proverbs 31 poem says what? A virtuous woman who can find. But it's better translated, a woman of valor who can find. The Hebrew word here is the word chayil, which means valor. Valor, of course, means bravery. It means courage. It means strength. Think about this. The Hebrews would cheer one another on with the blessing. They would celebrate everything from promotions to pregnancies to acts of mercy and justice with a hearty eshet chayil, right? You could think of it as something like the Jewish, you go girl. Okay, I'll never do that again. But you get my point, right? See, valor isn't about what you do, but it's about how you do it. If you're a stay-at-home mom, be a stay-at-home mom of valor and strength. If you're an EMT, be an EMT of valor and strength and courage. If you're a CEO, a pastor, or a school bus driver, if you're rich or poor, single or married, guess what? Do it all with valor and strength and courage. That is what makes you a Proverbs 31 woman not creating a life worthy of social media approval. It's living out valor and strength and courage. It's using wisdom in your life. See, real life is doing what God has called you to do without trying to change who you are. 
That's what it really means to honor Proverbs 31. So think about the women of valor in your life, around your community and around the world, who are bringing their unique gifts, their wisdom and passions to do what? Bring hope and healing to the world. Celebrate them. Say, you go, girl. (laughs) I said I wouldn't do it again, but I did. Number five, the Proverbs 31 woman is not a real woman. Some scholars, now just, just roll with me here, some scholars have speculated that the Proverbs 31 woman is not one woman, but rather a conglomeration of praiseworthy attributes of several different women. Still, others say that she's not really a woman at all, but rather a personification of wisdom, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you read the whole book of Proverbs, you'll realize that wisdom is consistently referred to as what? She. And so as the final chapter, chapter 31, the analogy of a woman is used to depict a tangible example of wisdom in action. So think about this. Whether you're male or female, you can use Proverbs 31 as a reference point to see not the exact person you should be, but what type of person you should be. And what's that kind of person? Someone who takes wisdom and uh, uses it. (laughs) And let me add this. Our standard is not found in a poem. It's found in a person. And that person is Jesus. Listen, women and men can both learn from this chapter, Proverbs 31. Fortunately for all of us, wisdom works for everyone. Can I get a hearty amen? I got to do at least one of those every episode, right? So listen, if you've read this in the past, you know, as a standard that you would never be able to measure up to or live up to, you can take a deep breath. Come on, do that with me. Come on, ladies, one more. And this is going to sound really cliche, but Jesus loves you. He made you just the way you are. And no matter what that looks like, guess what? It's enough. So embrace the real you and allow Holy Spirit to show you the truth about who you are and whose you are. So with that, happy Mother's Day. Be encouraged. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we first of all thank you for your love and your grace. You're just so merciful and you're so good, so full of kindness. I pray today that women everywhere, especially those who are mothers that we are celebrating today, that they would just feel a peace. They would have a better understanding of what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman. In fact, we'd realize that we all can be Proverbs 31 kingdom people. It's really, what does it look like when we live out wisdom? What does it look like when we live out love and grace? What does it look like when we care for the needs of others? That's really what it's about. I pray today that repentance has transpired. Repentance is changing our mind. I pray that many women have changed their mind about this whole idea of Proverbs 31. We don't throw it out. We never throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we definitely take things in context. And what is the context? It's really describing wisdom. It's a picture of what we can be if we follow you, Jesus, if we listen to that law in our heart called love. I just pray for every individual mother. Bless them today with a special blessing. And I just pray for all of those who are listening today. We thank you again for your peace, your safety, and your love. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, 
We pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.